With the first pick in the 2008 WNBA draft, the Los Angeles Sparks select Candace Parker. With the first pick in the 2011 WNBA draft, the Minnesota Lynx select Maya Moore from the University of Connecticut. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Rebel Edition. I'm your host, Bailey. Once again, back with another guest feature. This time I got my boy JT on, on the mic with me. Y'all may remember him from W Lead when we were there. The fashion designer coming up through the W world. What's going on, my guy? Bailey, I appreciate you having me, man. Yes, sir. How you been? Been doing real well. Uh, just working, trying to get my stuff out there, work with as many pretty dope women as I can um, having a blast yeah yeah you're living it up I seems like I see you everywhere <laughs> all over the place killing the AU circuit hopping up on W Instagram you never know where you're gonna see that JT made it at I appreciate it man for real yeah man so for those of you that don't know I met JT through W lead last year we had him on the team he wrote a few pieces for us and he made some really dope outfits for Players like Dijanae, Michaela, Tasha Cloud. Who, who else you make some stuff for that I'm missing? Um, I've worked with uh, Dijanae, Michaela, other people on the Liberty. I've done a piece for Didi, uh, Rashonda Gray. They've all been really supportive. Um, I actually just did a second piece for Dijanae, uh, as well as one for Izzy Harrison. Um, so that was cool because I've been wanting to design for Izzy for a while. Um, and then Diamond DeShields as well uh there'll be some more stuff i think next season i'll have ready for her when she gets back to the states okay okay cool cool so so that tells you a little bit about where he stands in the w well connected well known so you're kind of new to this right how long you been doing it for uh full time six months um i think like Nine months ago, I was a college baseball player. Uh, and, you know, I was, I've been into it for a while. So I've been doing it, uh, you know, kind of just trying to learn while I was playing. Obviously, being a student athlete at a place like USC is not a lot of free time. But anytime I got some, you know, I was sitting on my sewing machine, messing around, uh, trying to teach myself stuff. Um, but yeah, so then, you know, I looked for like a job in women's sports at first out of college and then like just decided that I wanted to go all into being a designer um, and with some of my connections and relationships that I had built within the WNBA and with my passion to support women's sports, it kind of seemed like a really perfect uh, fit for me. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. So, so you're self-taught pretty much. Yeah. I have a couple mentors um, for different aspects of it uh, that taught me, you know, kind of the, the basic stuff and I still go to whenever I'm stuck but a lot of it is just you know sitting trial and error on my sewing machines um that kind of thing got you got you so before we before we kind of dive into the rest of that 
I always do a little fun intro with my people that I got on here. You just mentioned playing baseball, so I got a few baseball-related questions for you. Just answer them however long or short you want to, whatever first comes to mind, whatever you got. Okay, so first off, who's your favorite baseball player ever? <laughs> um, my favorite baseball player is probably my best friend. His name is Jack Flaherty. He's a pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals. Okay. Um, he's my closest friend. He was, he was out at AU with me both times I went. Um, another big W supporter. So uh, I'm going to say he's my favorite player. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I've, I've seen him on Twitter a few times. I'm loosely familiar with him as a player. What's your walk-up song if you had to pick one? Okay. So I I played five seasons at SC or four and a half because one of them got um, shortened by COVID. Uh, I always walked up to Rihanna. Um, it was it was work my freshman year. Uh I can't remember what sophomore year was. Junior year was Rude Boy. My last year was Love Without Tragedy. Uh, Rude Boy is my favorite. I'm going to say Rude Boy. I love that. I love yeah. that. that. That's very <laughs> different. That's very unique. It was fun. What position you play? Uh, I'm utility. I played everywhere but pitcher. So okay. I, was, I, was, uh, I was only recruited by two schools, SC and Duke. Duke wanted me as a catcher. USC wanted me as utility. And that's what I saw myself as. So, uh, you know, I was in, I was at third, I was at second, I was at first, I was in left field. Um, <clears throat> I think those are the positions that I mainly got into games in or started at. Uh, never caught at SC. I didn't really think I was that good. Um, but I had some good pitchers in high school that made me look like a solid catcher. So <laughs> That makes sense. Yeah. So, so if you've played all over the field, would you rather have a walk-off hit or a game-saving catch or defensive stop? Oh, I'll say defense, um, you know, de- defense, that was kind of my thing. Like, I, you know, I, I had times where I was hitting pretty well, um, but defense, like, that was my thing. Like, you could put me anywhere on the field and I'll make plays. So I took a lot of pride in that because it's not an easy thing to do to just go from one position to the next. Um, mm-hmm. I'll say defense for sure. I like that. I like that. I think a lot of people kind of overlook that. So if you're a defensive-minded player – what are your thoughts on the shift? It's a pretty common common train of thought in the MLB to kind of – what's the word? I mean, ban the shift is what I see a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I support the shift. Um, I think the higher you go and the better your pitchers get and the more command they have, you know, if you're facing a lefty who's a pull hitter and – your pitcher is going to put the ball in a spot where all he can do is pull it, then you might as well shift. Um, you know, obviously it looks really bad when like you have this big shift and they hit it right to uh, the spot where nobody is. Um, we actually, I'll tell you a quick story. Last year we were playing Stanford and they have this left-handed hitter. I forget his name, but he's one of the, he's one of the better players in the conference. Um, and I was playing second base that weekend and our, the kid at first base was a big hitter, but he wasn't a very good defender. And so every time this kid came up, they had me and him switch gloves and they sent that kid to third in case the kid bunted. And then they put, you know, cause I was a good athlete and our shortstop and uh, third baseman were good athletes too. So they put the three of us on the right side so that he couldn't get it through there. And then the first at bat, he comes up, he hits this ball like 110 miles an hour, right at the kid they moved over to third base. 
And like, I swear it got by him before he even put his glove down. Um, so when that stuff happens, it's funny, but you know, I think more often than not, it's, if it's advantageous to the defense, you might as well do it. Right. Right. That makes sense. And then another thing that was controversial lately, Barry Bonds, Hall of Famer or not? Barry Bonds is a Hall of Famer. I don't, you know what, I don't, uh, I understand that that opens a whole can of worms about, you know, if you let him in, who else do you let in? But, but Barry Bonds, like, he was just, he's too good. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. He's a Hall of Famer in my book. You could argue he was the greatest. You could. Yeah, there's definitely an argument for that. Absolutely. And and a lot of people point that he had a Hall of Fame career before the whole controversy. Another great point. So, um, yeah, so, I, you know, I was a left-handed hitter, so I love. I wasn't a home run hitter like he was, but I loved watching him hit. It was it was it was art. Yeah, no, it, it really was, and he was. He spent the majority of his career in San Francisco. Not really the best hitters park that I know of, but he made it look like one. He did. He absolutely did. <laughs> <laughs> but. You know, so we talked about baseball. You you played baseball. How did you get started in sports in general? Um, when I was younger, uh, you know, I played every sport: basketball, baseball, uh, flag football, soccer. Um, I liked all of them except for soccer. I hated soccer. I like watching it now, but I did not like playing it. Um, but my parents like they wanted me to play it, so I ended up playing it till I was probably like twelve. Um, and I started when I was probably six. So I played for a while. Um, basketball was my favorite. I always wanted to be a basketball player. I didn't really have the height, the vertical leap, the jump <laughs> shot, any of it to be one, but I enjoyed it. Um, a funny story about basketball, since I know, you know, we've talked about D'Anthony Melton before. <laughs> I think when we were six, we played at the same rec league and we were co-MVPs of an all-star game. That's a heck of a story. Yeah. So that's how I first met him. And then uh, we, we reconnected when he committed to SC and I committed to SC. We were the same year. Um, so, yeah. That's, <laughs> so, that's incredible. Funny basketball story. Um, but baseball, like it was just the one I was best at, to be honest. Uh so that's, I think, after seventh grade was, was when I stopped. I was still playing. I played one-year tackle football, and I loved it. Um, but I was, I was better at baseball, so that's when I made the decision to, to stop everything else. Got you. So, so in seventh grade, you just stopped and focused on one. Yeah, yeah. And that led you all the way up to USC. It did, yeah. So okay. I'm not, I don't regret the decision. Um, I like to say that had I chose football, I still would have been at SC, but me. <laughs> <laughs> so so along that way in sports when did you start getting into into your design uh not for a while um I would say in high school or middle school yeah middle school uh I think the 2012 OKC Russ KD playoff run where Russ had like all those ridiculous outfits mm-hmm. um I I remember like the clear frames and the fish hook shirt um, which is, <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget that fit. Um, the red, the red frames and the fish hook short sleeve, uh, button down. Um, that's when I started getting into fashion. Um, and I was just into it all throughout high school. And then when I got to college after, so after when you play baseball in college, they send you to summer ball. Mm-hmm. 
And so after my freshman year, and you don't really have a choice when you're young, like freshman, sophomore on where you go. So they sent me to Alaska for a whole summer. So I played, I played for two and a half months in Alaska, hated it. Um, I don't, I think once I got back from that and typically they choose for you after your sophomore year too, I was like, no, I need to be in LA because I want to focus on other stuff because that whole like five hour bus ride to play, all you're doing is playing baseball. Like that's not for me. Right. Um, and at that point, I, I, I still wanted to play pro. Um, but then as, as I met more people in the design industry, uh, specifically um, one of my mentors, his name is Patrick Christopher. He played in the NBA for a couple of years uh, and then he, he had a bad injury and he went straight into design. Um, I kind of shadowed him for bits and pieces of the summer after my sophomore year. And that's when I got really, really into it. Um, partly because I just enjoyed it and partly because he's just such a cool dude. Like I, you know, he's, he's been super great to me. Um, his brother is a rookie for the Rockets now, Josh Christopher. Yep. Uh, you know, he, so I definitely credit him a lot for my interest in it because I had such a positive experience getting to know him and, and his world. So that's when it really started to click for me. Like, this is what I want to do. I didn't know how to do it at all, but uh, kind of figured it out, I guess. <laughs> You have a lot of NBA connections, it seems. Um, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't, uh, just being a, being an athlete at SC, like there's a, there's a bunch of pro athletes that I spent time with there that are now doing their thing in the pro leagues. Um, yeah, I mean, somebody like D'Anthony, we, we don't communicate much at all since SC, but we were cool at SC. Um, but there's some NFL guys who I was, that, that were like my closest friends that I still talk to all the time and hang out with all the time. Gotcha. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I remember there was, I guess in like 14 or 15, Chris, uh, Patrick Christopher was on the Grizz for a minute. Yeah, he was. He was yeah, on Memphis. I yeah. remember that. So that's, that's pretty interesting that you say that. He's uh, is, is he related to Tayshaun Prince? Or uh, they, can... I think they just grew up um, – they grew up in the same neighborhood in Compton. Gotcha. Yeah, I knew that. I knew they were close. I, I I remember that story. That's one of those random Grizz names I happen to remember. Yeah, now Patrick. That is like. There's there's been a lot of people that I've met in in design that I've asked for help and they've been hesitant because like I I'm you know I was just getting started and I don't have much to give them. Right. But Patrick is is not one of those people. Like he's anything I need any help I need, like he's been there for me every step. Um, so I'm really grateful for him for sure. Yeah, that's really cool. I, that That's a really, I wasn't expecting to hear that name. I haven't heard <laughs> that name in a long time. So you look up his stuff. He's, he's been killing it. Um, he did that. Uh, do you remember that 824 hoodie after Kobe and Gigi passed? Mm -hmm. He did that one. That was him. Okay. Um, so, you know, he's, he mainly focuses on luxury outerwear. That's what his line is, like overcoats and trench coats. And uh, he has some varsity jacket joints in there too. Um, but every now and then he'll, you know, he'll do some stuff that's tailored toward the basketball world in my eyes. Um, that does really well because he's super talented. Gotcha. Yeah, that's super cool. That's super cool. I learned something new there. <laughs> you know, so you're talking about you're just getting started. And I would say you've had a really – good start to your, your fashion career. Uh, what are, what are some goals that you have? 
Um, I want, you know, I want to, obviously I want to become a big time designer. Um, but you know, I have my own little terms and conditions in ways that I want to do it. I only want to do it by investing in women's sports. And I think I'm pretty talented as a, as a designer and a pattern maker and just creating overall. Um, so I want to put those talents into women's sports. Uh, you know, right now it's mainly the WNBA um, because that's, you know, that's been my favorite league for, I've been going to Sparks games since I was four years old. Um, you know, eventually it'll expand. I, I'm planning on having some, some stuff for the, some of the softball players at AU and San Diego. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I want to make it big as a designer. I really do. Uh, but only if it's, by investing in women. I'm not, you know, I'm not interested in doing a bunch of stuff with the NBA or the NFL. And, and, you know, like we talked about, I have friends in those leagues and obviously they're going to get my stuff, but I'd way rather, you know, invest my talent and time into the W. Um, so uh, I guess a goal and a near future goal is like, I want to, I want to be all over the tunnel this W season. Um, like I want like, you know, all the time you just in it, you know, if it's these jackets that I've been doing, that's great. People seem to really like those and I enjoy making them. So, you know, I want to get, you know, a few dozen of them jackets and uh, I want to see it all over the tunnel um, because that just is really fulfilling for me, like being able to put my time into creating for them um, because I look up to them as leaders uh, in so many different aspects. So I think that's the most immediate goal right now. I like that a lot. I'm I'm kind of in a similar boat with all the things I do around the W. I just I really want to help grow the game and grow the coverage. So I, I I'm with you on that, just in different different ways. It's very evident through your socials that 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 is what you're up to. So yeah, I appreciate that. I'm doing my best. We start a new website and everything. We're trying to get it rolling. But so you talked about being in the tunnels and having a few dozen. Who who's next? Who's number one on your target list that you haven't gotten something to yet? Um, number one, I'll say Asia, uh, Asia Wilson. Um, you know, I think she, when it's all said and done, I think her impact is going to be like really, really special. Um, I think, I hope, and I believe that. Asia is the player that you start to see like young boys who play basketball. You know, they say my favorite player is Asia Wilson, not Steph Curry or uh, LeBron or Luca or any of the NBA guys, but like, you know, uh, eight to 12 year olds who are looking up to basketball players, like their favorite player is Asia Wilson. Nine years NBA. Like, I really think that she's that player because you know, the league might not be great at marketing her and that's a whole nother issue, but she's great at marketing herself. Um, her agent, uh, Miss English is always killing it. So, um, I think that, you know, her impact is going to be really big when it's all said and done. Uh, outside of that, um, you know, I'm open to work with literally anybody in the league. Uh, I definitely, 
want to and i had a little exchange with skylar diggins over twitter about these jackets so i think that that one should happen um she's high up on the list for sure uh Derek hamby as well um so those are a few names i like that i like that i agree with you about asia i think she's going to be a revolutionary player in the w especially now you know you talked about her marking herself and joining clutch is going to be monumental clutch clutch is a regime and i mean that in a good way i mean that in a good way they they're all over the place with marketing and you know d- distribution and just making sure that their clients get the best from wherever they're at uh-huh. so I, I think that'll be big for her as well and i i I agree. I think that she's a player that you could see a lot of younger boys, especially say, Hey, I want to be like Asia. Yep. Cause she, cause she plays the game in a way that unlike a Steph Curry or a John Morant or whatever, it feels replicable. I think that's a big, I think that's one reason why uh, Steph Curry kind of took over the NBA the last couple of years. And you look at Asia, she's very fundamentally sound and, defensively sound she just she does all the small things at an elite level and that's something that anyone can do right I think uh she she posted a she posted like maybe last week pictures of her um hooping and there was one picture where she was shooting and there were these like teenage boys practicing on the other court and they were all locked in on what she like they're all just staring watching her work out like locked yeah. in pretty cool yeah, and, and, you know, you talk about that accessibility. She is very active on socials and posting, and that goes a long way. And obviously being from South Carolina and having that fan base right. just adds exponential layers to Absolutely. your visibility. So they're all over the place. So who? So you've got a bunch of stuff already out in the W, and you've got some more stuff in the works. What teams are you missing? What What teams do you need to connect on? Uh, teams. Um, I know you got the Liberty on lock. You got Dijanae on the sun. So Seattle is one. Um, Indiana. Uh, I was actually thinking about this yesterday, like that exact question. Seattle, Indiana. Uh. Man, that might be it, honestly. That's impressive to be, that might be it. <laughs> six months in and have 10 of the 12 teams already representing. Uh, not already representing, but, you know, there's – In the works. In the works, and there's a couple projects that are that are coming out that I can't uh, announce yet. Um, but, yeah, I don't – there might be one or two more teams, and they'll probably come to me while we're talking. Um, but Seattle and Indiana for sure. And, and I'll, I'll think while we're talking if there's other ones. I'm trying to th- – so so who from those teams would you want to work with? Who, who do you think has good fashion sense on those teams? Um, so Indiana, probably Victoria Vivians. Uh, and then – oh, actually, they just signed Jazz. So um, I haven't – I made one piece for Jasmine Jones. Um, while she was with the Liberty. Uh, but Victoria Vivians probably would be number one for uh, Indiana. And then Seattle. Um, 
I don't have to think about Seattle. I haven't even I haven't even thought about maybe Mercedes, uh, Mercedes Russell. Uh, Seattle. Those would be the first two names that come to mind. I like that. I I thought about Tiffany Mitchell. I thought I think about her fashion sense a lot. Yep. That's a great suggestion. Yeah, I thought about her. She was the first person that came to mind from those two teams. Great suggestion. So you've talked about, you know, having these different um, players wear your stuff and, you know, you're in the works. Tell, tell me a few stories about some of your, your player interactions, some of your maybe your favorite ones or some funny ones or just how, how they come about. I know you do a lot of work through social media. Um, how they came about was uh, so – you know, if we go back uh, seven months to July, um, I knew nobody in the league, like no players, no people around the league, like nobody. Um, you know, Ari Chambers, who's been incredibly supportive uh, and is just the best, like cannot say enough great things about her. Um, we followed each other on Instagram because I had – there was a, you know, a, a gender equity uh, issue in USC athletics my last year there that uh, I was one to call out. Um, it was a situation where, you know, USC women's soccer, who I had a lot of friends on, was playing their whole season at the Coliseum, our football stadium. And COVID um, fan restrictions had just been lifted, sort of. You could have four guests per player, so, like, people's families could come. And so they played a game against UCLA and SCUCLA women's soccer is a big deal in LA. Like that game has brought in over 10,000 fans to a game at times. Um, But it was for guests per player, which was fine because that's what everybody else was doing at SC until they announced that the next day, uh, USC football had a spring scrimmage in the same venue at the Coliseum that was allowed 5,000 fans. Um, So, you know, a lot of a lot of people, including myself, were pissed. Um, and you know, like we, you know, we demanded answers. I walked into the AD's office, and you know, they they wouldn't give me anything. They wouldn't give the soccer players anything. Um, so eventually, like you know, my team, we were all friends with the soccer players. So you know, I got them together and we released a statement. Um, and it 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 got a lot of attention on Twitter. Um, and I think that's how Ari. I think I sent it to Ari on Instagram. Like I knew who she was, but she didn't know who I was at the time. I mean, she followed me. And so when I was going to Vegas to, to W all-star, like I just drove out there by myself. Like I said, knew nobody except for, you know, Ari following me. We, we had never met, but I just hit her up. I was like, Hey, I'm going to be here. I would love to talk. Um, let you know what I'm up to. Uh, and so we, we chatted for before the game briefly. Um, and then, you know, her agent, uh, Aaron Kane, was there too. And she followed me from the same uh, statement that I put on Twitter and Instagram. So I talked to her and then it was just like one thing after another, like I went up to my seat and DJ was sitting in the section over. So I just, you know, went up to talk to her. Um, Diamond and I had a mutual friend. So I let her know after the game, like that situation. And that's how I met Diamond. And then like just the rest of that day, like one person after another, uh, I was able to have meaningful conversations with, um, and just start building relationships with them. Um, and then, you know, eventually like let them know that, Hey, I'm a designer. I would love to create for you. Like I am new to this, but 
I'll be able to figure something out for you. Uh, and then um, the uh, the denim jacket for Dijonay, that was a fun story. Like I, I posted it. I did the orange um, satin lining on a patchwork denim jacket. Uh, I did the orange because of the W. Right. Um, and DJ was the one that I wanted to give it to. Uh, but I didn't have any way to contact her. I had met her, like I said, but I didn't have you know, any way to contact her. So I did it. I kind of guessed on her measurements, um, which probably aren't that different from mine. We're about the same height. Um, and so I was hoping that, like, you know, I could get it to her somehow. So I tweeted it and I said, like, tag who you want, who you would want to see wear this or something like that. I remember that. Yeah, and so uh, Madison Curley, who runs the socials for the Cavs, like one of my old summer ball teammates sent her the tweet or something, and she tagged Dijanae, and then Dijanae liked it. So I was like, okay, like, let me try sending her a DM, see if she wants it. She loved it. Um, she was playing the Sparks like three weeks later. So I was like, yo, I'll be at the game. I'll bring her jacket. Got to give it to her. Um, and then she wore it uh, in the Chicago series in the playoffs. And that was super dope because, like, she killed the fit. She always does. Um, WNBA posted it. She posted it. GQ Sports posted it. Uh, and that was when I was like, wow, I'm like, I'm really doing this, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but that was a cool moment. And then uh, the first um, the first tunnel piece with Michaela with the dress you know, that one was cool for me because that was the first one. Um, and I don't, I don't, you know, I don't want to speak for her, but I don't, I don't know if Michaela would walk into a store and buy that dress. Um, but, you know, we had, we had, you know, we were cool. Um, I was in New York the week before for fashion week. Um, and like got to spend some time with them and she had the dress. So I was like, yo, if it fits like playoff game Thursday, you wearing it. And she said, yes. Yeah. So I was like, bet I'll be there. Um, so I went to the game in Phoenix, got to see her wearing it, which is pretty cool. Uh, so those are a couple, a couple of fun stories. Yeah, that that Dijonet fit was everywhere. It was in a lot of like fit of the year. It's like, all, all all credit to her though. She she killed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She she definitely has a good sense of fashion as well. A lot a lot of the dopey girls do. They do, and it's it's it's. Uh, it's an exciting thing for, for the league's growth. Obviously, as we've seen literally today, the league's not doing a great job of handling how it's growing. Um, <laughs> but like, there's so many different, uh, what's exciting about the W is there's so many different reasons you could be a fan. Like if you talk about the NBA, you know, if somebody wants to be a, pick a random role player, I'm in LA, so I'll pick a Laker, even though they're a mess. But if somebody's like a Trevor Ariza fan, like you're, you have to be a basketball fan to be a Trevor Ariza fan. Right. If you wanted to pick a role player in the W or not just a role player, any, any player, um, like you could be a fan of their game. Uh, you could be a fan of so many things. You could be a fan of their makeup routine. You could be a fan of uh, their hair care products that they promote or their skin routine that they promote. Like there's so many cool opportunities to not necessarily interact, but like get to experience, uh, you know, how they live their lives that they put on socials and they do a great job of marketing themselves. So there's just so much opportunity for growth and, and people to become fans of these incredible women. There's, there's a lot of different layers that aren't there in the NBA side of things. Definitely agree with that. And 
And I hope that people start to understand that and see that because these are very multifaceted, very talented, dynamic women, very powerful women. And I'm, I'm with you. I definitely think that the league, like Lexi Brown recently said, kind of gets in its own way, you know, sometimes, a lot of times. But, you know, it, it, it it's a growing pain. There are growing pains. It's only 25 years in. But I'd like to think that it'll move at a faster pace in the next 10 to 15 as some of these things get, get felt out. But, Absolutely. you know, you, you talked about – you know, the different player styles and everything. We talked about Dijanae and, and Michaela. Who who are some of your favorite W styles, fashionistas, if you will, mm. in the league? Um, before I answer that question, I just want to say, since you mentioned Lexi, uh, she killed it at AU. Like, she was hooping the whole time. And Lexi deserves another opportunity in the league. So I cannot wait to see her get the opportunity that she's earned. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. It was dope to see her kill it there, and, um, and her and her valid criticisms of the league should not yes, be yes. held against her. No, I, I should absolutely. agree one hundred percent. Okay, Diamond's number one. Like I don't, you can't, <laughs> you can't even compete with Diamond. Like she, Diamond's in a world of her own. Um, like every fit, she she literally never misses. Every fit just goes so hard. Uh. Izzy's number two, like Izzy, both Diamond and Izzy, what's, what's really cool about them is the variety. Um, you know, I think, <clears throat> I, you know, I, I don't really like the League Fits account. I follow it because they follow me, but I don't really like the account because they're always highlighting the same people and it's NBA guys who like really don't dress that well. Um, but, you know, somebody that they always highlight is Shay Gilgis Alexander mm-hmm. and he dresses well, but there's no variety. Like it's always a baggy silhouette and, a, you know, a puffy vest or a hoodie and baggy cargo pants. Like there's no variety in it. Now he looks good, of course, but like, I like to see when people can pull off different styles. So you have diamond in a varsity jacket and then she's in the all black leather fit. Um, you know, at the All-Star, she was wearing these these dope shorts and a tee, and it looked fresh. Like I remember that. She doesn't miss. And same with Izzy. Like, Izzy, you know, she always looks straight off a runway uh, with her fits. Like, you know, she'll come in in heels or she'll come in in a matching sweatsuit, and it always goes crazy. Uh, so those are the top two for me. Um, off the top of my head, they would definitely be the top two. And I, I think those are two very good choices because I – like this is not usually my realm, but those two stuck out to me as well. Cause it's like you said, Izzy, especially I'd see her sometimes. She'd come in like dressed very luxuriously, I guess might be the right word. She'll be lots of jewelry, like super makeup and just, you know, nice dress or whatever. And then next next day she's in I think it was like there was one, it was like a little tan sweatsuit, just some like red shoes, just chilling. She kills it always. And all yeah, always. And then Everybody remembers, I, I always call it the Diamond Lenny Kravitz fit. Yeah. She had the oh, hair out and the shades right. and the leather. Yeah, everybody remembers that. So. I, mean, I mean, Diamond and Izzy, they're stars. Like, they really are. And, and you know, I, I see uh, Izzy specifically, you know, people talk about why she doesn't have a shoe deal. And sometimes she talks about it. And, like, it, I really don't understand why. Like, if I, if I had a, you know – 
when I have a brand, like I want to make these women like the face of it. Like, I don't know why anybody's not doing that. Um, they're both, they're both superstars in every aspect, like much respect to them. Um, and hopefully both will be wearing some of my things in the tunnel this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and I like how you said when you have a line or a brand or whatever you want to, whatever words you want to use there, because I think, you're well on your way to that. I appreciate it. Who, who, if you, if you did have, if you had, let's say, uh, let's say you had a line right now, who would be your outside of Diamond and Izzy? Who would be your faces of your brand? And it doesn't have to be just W players; it can be anybody. Um, Tasha for sure. Uh, Tosh is just because of what everything that Tasha represents and, you know, her values and how she carries herself. Like I can't think of a better person to, to be the face of a brand. And and it's really, really cool that she was the first uh, hoops player to come back uh, when Converse made the basketball comeback. Like she was the first one. Um, Like I just, you know, Tosh, has been such an inspiration to me, like, honestly, like an idol in some ways. And, and, you know, they always say like, what is it saying? Like never meet your idols or something, but that, you know, that that's not true with Tosh. Like she's a, a close friend and, and just, you know, such an amazing person and, and great personality to everybody around her. Um, so someone with the values that she has, like I couldn't think of a better person to start to make the face of an entire brand. I like that. And, and, and Tasha is very charismatic uh-huh. as well. And I, I think that would help make having her as the face of a brand, just help magnify that brand and, and really make it shine around her because she's the type of person I, I haven't met her personally, but it seems like every time I see her, whether it be on TV or just on an Instagram video, she just lights up every room she's in. She does. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, you see the impact, uh, you know, I see it, in my life and in, in the way that she's impacted me, like in uh, 19 when she, uh, during their championship run, when she didn't talk to the media about basketball, but rather only spoke about gun reform in her district after a shooting. Um, and then you see like uh, at AU, like, you know, the little girl, Aubrey, who was, it was, it was amazing. Like she, that was her hero. And rightfully so, because Tosh is, is so true to herself and, and her values and it just it's so evident so uh she she definitely like radiates a super positive energy in anything she's in and and i think it's it's to hear someone in your position that's building something comment so extensively on how much you value these players values and these women i think sometimes like brands kind of shy away from these like more outspoken or more socially active especially in in the women's realm and so it's 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 refreshing to hear someone like you who is working to build and grow with them embracing that because I think that's something that doesn't happen as much as it should I appreciate you saying that but you know it's 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 all them and and how amazing that they are um you know anybody would be a fool not to uh be inspired by the things that the women in W are doing absolutely creating change on a daily basis at this point and it may not always be change that you see immediately but they're they're always working sometimes it's as a group sometimes it's individual but somebody in the w is always doing something absolutely 
and I, and I think that's impressive. So one of the things that stuck out to me about the AU league was that everybody had their own cause that they were playing for and bringing awareness to. And so I thought that was really cool. That was one thing that stuck to, out to me about the AU league. Yeah. So you said you went there. You said I you went did. to the AU. So tell, tell me a little bit about your time at the AU. Um, yeah, that cause the, you know, every player playing for a cause stuck out to me immediately too. It's, you know, and, and before every game they do the player intros and, and every player is introduced and then the cause that, she's playing for um I went week one uh or weekend one I wasn't there for opening day on a Wednesday but weekend one and then weekend five the closing ceremonies uh it was such a, a positive environment um very unique uh because you know you had players families there and the players would finish you know they would play and then they would uh I don't know where the locker room was, but they'd go to the locker room and change and they would come back out and they'd be in the stands sitting with their families or interacting with anybody that wanted to interact with them. Um, and for the most part, like the people who played in the first game, like they would come back out and just watch the second game and just be there uh, supporting the other women in the league and the league itself. Um, but it was definitely, it definitely felt like no stones unturned. I mean, weekend one, when I was there, they had, uh, Make sure I get this right. I think it was five um, content creator storytellers. They had Ari. They had they had Vic. They had uh, Christina Williams. They had Jasmine Baker. They had Grady Diaz. Um, so that was super cool to see the investment. Oh, and and um, uh, who am I forgetting? Terica. Um, so just to have all of them you know, to see the investment on the leagues and in, in, you know, not giving because they, they all individually earn that platform to be there and to, to tell the stories of the league. Uh, but just to see the league invest in them in that way, <clears throat> like they, they were doing it right. Um, so that was really amazing. Yeah. It's, it, from, from everything I saw, I wasn't as familiar with the ins and outs coming into it, but I, I was locked in from, from the jump and they, they, they knocked it out of the park. There were a lot of things that we complain about the W not doing that they did in terms of they, <laughs> Yeah. They showed up the W a little bit. A little I'm, bit. I'm not going to lie. Um, and, and it was it was interesting. Uh, this past weekend, I was talking with a, somebody who covers one of the W teams that was there to see that the W, like, never even mentioned AU, uh, you know, in any way. Um, so that was interesting. Uh, you know, I think, um, I forget who it was. It, 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 it was either Luke Bonner from his personal account or Power Forward, his company from that account, saying that it's not AU versus the W, it's AU and the W, like they're there to complement each other. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's totally right. I mean, if it can grow to the point where <clears throat> it's a, it's a really, good option for W players to be able to stay stateside and not have to go overseas. And that's, that's ideal. Um, so I hope to see it go there and I think it will. Yeah. And I, I was going to mention that as well, because I really like what they do at power forward. I really like what they do over there as well. I think that's a really cool kind of an alternative platform for the players to kind of show their creativity mm -hmm. and they make good merch. I've got a lot of merch from them. So 
it's a it, it's a really cool company and, and really cool people over there um there will be something soon that i was involved in uh but nothing but positive experiences dealing with them yeah so but we'll we'll make our way out of here got a few kind of just last little fun questions kind of to go out on so from a fashion perspective not necessarily from your personal from a fashion perspective What's the best W jersey? It's uh, a great question. Um, the best W jersey. Okay, I'll do a top three. Okay. Um, number three, I'll do it in order too. Number three, uh, I'm blanking on the name of the uniform, but it's the Mystics one that has the DC, uh, what is it, the belt line that goes through it? You're the one that says Rise? Yes, that one. That's their Rebel edition. Rebel, okay. So number three is the Mystics Rebel. Number two is the Sky Black Pinstripes. Like that one goes so crazy. I agree. I think that's the Explorer. I'm pretty sure. So I'm pretty sure the white ones are the heroines. The most of the time, the black or the like away colors are the Explorer, and then the kind of alternative ones are the Rebels. Gotcha. Okay. So, so yeah, Sky Explorer, like that jersey is so hard. I um, agree. I have one on the way. I wanted a diamond one so bad, but uh, obviously diamonds onto bigger and better things in Phoenix, uh, and I'm pumped for that opportunity for her. Um, and then number one is the Explorer Aces, the Black Aces one. Like that one is just the details are crazy. Like that jersey, I have I have an Asian one. That one goes so hard. I do too. I do too. I I got I ended up buying six jerseys last year. <laughs> I because uh, who are they? I got Diamonds uh, Blue Shattered one because uh, I thought that was hard. Yeah. I had to get a NECA jersey. I got her purple one. I wanted to get a sun one, but I didn't like any of – I didn't want the blue or the orange one. I want the white one. Damn, I the white one. I got the Asia black one you touched on. Who else do I have over there? I didn't get a Dallas one. I didn't get an Atlanta one. I got, I can't remember. I know I know. I bought six of them. Yeah. I, oh, yeah, I got, I got Michaela's black one. That's tough. Yeah, I got her black one. So, I, yeah, I, I got a bunch of them. But um, Yeah, the Dallas ones are cool, too. I mean, I know they had that, you know, they clearly didn't vet their uh, their original Rebel Edition um, jersey. But the little wing decals that they have on the other ones, um, I just did a jacket for Izzy that I gave to her this past weekend. And I, I put – she should wear it in a tunnel this year. So, so you'll see it then. Um, but – I put the little wing decals on the back. So it's kind of like a W theme varsity jacket or a Dallas theme, I should say. Um, so yeah, they, I've been, I've, I've just been staring at their jerseys a lot because I was trying to do it the same way. Um, right. Pretty cool. So who you got winning it all this year in the W? Who's your, who's, they just getting a ring. Vegas is getting a ring. You think, uh, you think she's going to come out shooting threes? Um, She might. I mean, who knows what their offense is going to look like with, with Becky Hammond, uh, it should be really exciting. I think you're going to see Kelsey Plum, like, go crazy even more than she has. Um, 
And I think I, I, I see Asia getting another MVP. Uh, okay. You know, obviously it, it's, there's like, there's like tiers in the league. Like there's, there's Vegas, Chicago, Connecticut, Phoenix. That's probably your top four. Yeah. I'm not going to put Seattle on that tier. I'm going to put them one below. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, there's a, there's a big middle pack, like who knows what we'll see out of the sparks. It should be interesting. Um, Minnesota's obviously at the top of that middle pack with uh, Seattle, uh, but it'll be it'll be interesting. But I think Vegas is going to get it. I think you know there's so much excitement there with Becky Hammond and their their roster. Obviously, there's a lot of other loaded rosters, but their roster's loaded. They, uh, they brought back pretty much everybody. Yeah, and I you know I think uh, it'll be fun to see Liz in LA. She's a great player, um, but it but it might you know. We'll see how it affects Vegas. It, it could be good. It could be bad that she's gone. Um, so we'll see. I, I'm of the belief that, and this is no knock against Liz, I'm just of the belief that in Vegas, it would be a little bit of addition from subtraction. I, I think the last few years, it was good that she was there, but I think Asia particularly is to the point where you know, it's kind of like taking off the train of wheels. We'll see a little more of Asia at the five. I don't think we'll see it full time. But we'll see some more experimentation around her and it'll kind of open things up for her there. Right. I, think, I think that will raise their ceiling a good bit. Yeah. No, I, you know, I, I agree on the Vegas and I mean, I'm ha- I'm happy for Liz that she, you know, she clearly wanted to be in LA. So, you know, I'm excited to see, and she's a superstar. Yeah. Like, incredible player. So it'll be fun to watch her there. Um, but it'll also be fun to see Asia, like you said, uh, I think she's going to dominate. So it'd be fun to watch her dominate. Yeah, and Liz was absolutely beaming in her introductory press conference. Yeah. <laughs> From the moment she stepped on the podium, she was just overjoyed. So I think it'll be a good fit for her as well. I wrote about that recently. but And then lastly, on some more W stuff before we get out of here, do you have any other storylines in the W that you got your eye on this year? Uh, New York. Um, I think Dolson is the perfect – addition to that squad and I think uh you know they really fit she really fits their culture um and then outside of that like you know I'll be I'll be following a lot of the women from AU pretty closely um like I said before I think you know I think Lexi can really hoop and I I would love to see her land somewhere and just kill it um so I'll definitely be following that. And then, you know, there's other teams that I know people on. Obviously, I'll be invested in Phoenix because Diamond is there, um, Dallas as well. But New York is probably the most intriguing uh, team to me. You know, they started off really well, and I think, you know, that kind of put the expectation a little too high given how they finished. Um, but this year, you know, another year of growth for D and, and Michaela. Uh, and obviously adding Dolson and, you know, Sabrina, we'll see what, uh, how she plays. I'm sure she'll take a big step forward as well. Um, it should be a fun team. And then obviously Natasha Howard's a baller and Beniza as well. So they got a squad. Yeah, they do. And I, th- I think Dolson, I've spoken about a few times on the pod. I think Dolson will allow everybody to kind of slide to their more natural position. You'll get to yeah. see kind of more of a Natasha at a four. So she's more of a help side protector as opposed to your main pressure protector. You get to see Michaela play more at the three instead of the four. 
because she, I don't want to say she struggled. I think she handled it rather admirably as a rookie, kind of playing as an undersized four. But there were teams that just really took advantage of that at times. And, I mean, there wasn't nothing she could do. So she'll go back to playing that three. She'll still play the four some. Yeah. But I think you'll get to see her slide down some more with the three. And just kind of, I think it'll be a stabilizing presence. As long as they stay healthy, I think they'll be even better than they were last year. Yeah, they'll, they'll be a fun team for sure. Um, and I'm I'm very excited to see uh, the leap Michaela takes from a, from a great rookie year to a, to a second season. Um, so I'm definitely excited for New York. Yeah, um, I'm excited for them too as – as like I said, I'm, I'm with you. I think they can take a big leap, especially looking at their sophomores coming out of their rookie years. I think, I think they have a lot of momentum and I think they'll grow really well. So looking forward to that. And as we get out of here, one last thing I like to ask of everybody, shout out a few of your favorite people in and around the W space. That's a great, great. Uh, I love that. Um, you know, Ari and Tosh are the first two that come to mind because of just how supportive they are of me, um, you know, and how willing they are to, to put my stuff out there. Um, Izzy as well, uh, you know, I haven't known her for as long, but, you know, she's been she's been super great and cool. Um, and then obviously my friends in New York, uh, <laughs> Michaela and Rashonda, I think Rashonda did some, uh, she did some interview the other, a couple, maybe a month ago, where she was wearing a hoodie of mine. And like, that was really cool to see. Um, so those are the first ones that, that come to mind. Uh, and Diamond as well. I mean, Diamond's definitely, you know, now that I think about it, at the top with, with Tosh and Ari and Izzy, um, just such a, such a cool person and, and just very, you know, generous with her time. And anytime we're in the same city, like, spend time with her like it's always a blast um so those will be the ones that come to mind love it i love it well i I appreciate you you know taking the time coming on here and chatting it up with me i'm looking forward to seeing some of those things you 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 kind of tease that are in the works coming out soon and it'll be it'll be soon it'll be cool so uh where, where can the people find you and your creations um yeah, so I mean, Instagram personal is king underscore JT. Uh, I have a page for my designs. I don't, I don't even know how I feel about that page because I don't like promoting myself like that. Uh, <laughs> but it's called it's JT made that. Uh, it's, you know, I make everything myself, so that's why it's called that. Right. Um, Twitter. Uh, what's my Twitter? Oh, JT underscore FOE. Um, that's where I post all my stuff. You know, sometimes it's, it varies which account it's on, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, follow me if you want. Um, but you know, for me, it's always about the women in the league. It's not about me. Um, you know, I like to, you know, create stuff that they like. So, uh, more importantly, follow them. <laughs> I, I like that energy, but we'll be seeing, I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot of your stuff in this, in the season coming up and they'll be highlighting you. So, you will. Um, yeah, you will see a lot of my stuff. I'm not I'm not going to stop with the pressure. Um, it's going to keep coming. Uh, so I appreciate you, you thinking me having me on for sure. Absolutely, man. I, like, so I'm trying to highlight people that I think are worthy of it. Well, I wouldn't say worthy, but I think deserve a little more shine. You talked about not really wanting to promote yourself too much. Well, I'm going to do it for you because I, <laughs> I think I think you deserve some shine. I 
I like your mindset to this. I think we value this, the league in similar fashion. So just getting in how we fit in and helping grow. Absolutely. Absolutely. But if, if that's all you got, if there's anything else you want to say, and if not, we'll get out of here and wrap this one up. Yeah, man. No, nah, like I said, I appreciate it. Uh, everyone listening, go follow Bailey. You know, super dedicated to the W. Very insightful. Um, Outlet Pass, is that the new one? That's that's our new one, Outlet Pass. Outlet Pass. Go follow Outlet Pass. Yes, sir. You can find it in my bio and in the bio of this. We're going to have it in the bio on this pod. So with that said, that's another episode of Rebel Edition number I believe five in my string of interviews. So, you know, we're rolling them out as we get closer and closer to the W season. I appreciate y'all for listening and y'all be sure to follow us on all the social medias and all the streaming services.